Good morning. Isn't it wonderful to worship the Lord together? Well, that was very lame. It was wonderful to worship the Lord together, yeah. And um, I'm going to just jump right in this morning. I, I, I gave the worship team a bit of an abrupt ending there, but can we just appreciate them? It's not, it's not you know... We all know it's not them, but let me tell you, it takes work. And uh, they've been so faithful over the years, and we're just very, very grateful that you can lead us into His presence that way. And um, so, we've been speaking about a religious system or a relational kingdom. Now, I have had many of you just express that it's been helpful, which I'm so wonderful. It's wonderful to hear that. But, and we've covered a lot. There's no way I can recap it all. And so what we want to get into today is some more practical. I ended last week with some practical, well, what do I do? And today I want to get into some more, some more practical things. So we've read about half the chapter of John every week. And I say, oh, I don't think we're going to read it this week, and then we read it. Well, this week we're not going to read it. Uh, I trust you know it well by now. I have trust you read it many times. I enjoy to read the Scripture because the Bible says when you come together, there should be the public reading of Scripture. I, I get a little nervous sometimes when people preach and there's just no scripture, but, but I do understand that sometimes that can happen. But we've read it many times, and so I'll just give you verse 27. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. They shall never perish, and neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. It's a very wonderful, powerful verse, Jesus speaking. So what have we learned? I'm just going to jump right in. God is speaking to you. You can hear his voice. You are actually born with this ability. His voice has God life in it. Zoe life. The source of life. God life. And it has in it everything that it says. It has in it everything it needs to perform what it says. In fact, the Bible says that it will not return to him empty. It will, in a sense, hover around until those words are actually fulfilled and performed. What he said doesn't die, meaning his words remain alive. The Logos is still alive. It's living, it is powerful, it is active, it is alive. It doesn't congeal, doesn't grow old, it doesn't get stale. It is alive. Um, his plan was always to lead you by his voice. It was actually always his plan. We went over that, always. Not even, not even by your conscience as much, by his voice. That was always the plan of the Lord. And there is also the voice of the enemy... And partnering that voice is actually what shifts our view of who God is, of his character, of his nature. It puts like a mistrust in us for who he is. It, puts a, it betrays, in a sense, the, the, the innocence of purity. And we start, well, think, well, maybe he's angry. Maybe he's this. Maybe he's that. And, and it, it starts to affect like it pollutes the filter. It pollutes the hearing. And any time we partner with the, with the stranger's voice, we're actually empowering a kingdom. Uh, I've touched a little bit on that. But... When the Lord speaks, when the enemy speaks, in a, in a sense, it's like two different kingdoms. The one you partner with, even in your thoughts, is the one that will be empowered in your life. It's all over the Bible, so we can't continue to talk about that. Um, we can build a foundation with this, for God's voice in my heart and in my life. The Logos speaks, as we've said, it's alive. The Scriptures are essential to prepare my heart for what He's speaking to me. The scriptures are essential for that. And the thoughts that come from the Lord or from the enemy, they come as seeds. Sorry, hold on. My wife tells me, spit your gum out before you go up. And I forget. And now you all have to witness that atrocity. <laughs> My apologies. But the thoughts come from the Lord or from the enemy. Um, they come as seeds. And what we partner with grows up inside of us. And that's how often the enemy tricks us. And he speaks and it sounds like our voice because he said something and now it's grown up in us so we think it's us. Yeah? Making sense? Hello? All right, we're alive. All right, so learning how God speaks. I, a few caveats. I'm going to say a few things really fast. I'm going to go over some, in a sense, sections really quickly. Not that they're not important, they are, but we could take the whole 
time to just talk about these things and, and look at these things in the Bible. I may come back to these at a different time. I'm just going to run through them really quick. If you would like notes and that kind of thing, because I've had a lot of people ask, please just email the office and I will make them available to the office. Um, rather just hear and listen and let the Lord speak to you. Anything of me we trust will be wasted away and what the Lord speaks into your heart is what you need. Okay, so can we pray real quick? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your voice. We thank you that you speak with us, that you are with us. And we thank you that you speak from within us by your spirit. And I pray today, Lord, that our ears will be open to hear what you are saying and our lives will be open to prepare a place for your voice to become loud and sharp and crisp and clear. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, a few quick things. We spent the last four weeks laying a foundation so that hopefully what I speak about today, if you've just come today, you may be like, oh, oh boy. We've spent four weeks laying a foundation to talk a little bit about what we're going to look at today, the different ways that God speaks in the Bible. We won't get through all of them. I will finish this series a little bit uh, uh, next week and talk a little bit about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus has come and he has opened a new and living way to the Father. We have to understand that. He came to pay the price to bear the wrath and the cost of sin, the wrath of God and the cost of sin. He made access, gave us access into the presence of the Lord. He even consecrated the way into the Lord. So the Bible says we can come boldly to the throne of grace and ask. We can come boldly without fear. And he has done this. And so in John 10, he speaks about his voice and how he wants to lead people and guide people and speak to people. And he makes that statement that all people, even Gentiles, will hear my voice. So, now we've spent so much time talking about hearing, one of the first quick things I want to run through is that hearing is a means to an end. Hearing is not actually the goal. People are like, whoa, you've just spent four weeks telling us that it is. No, it's not. It's like if a person's sitting listening to the radio and they can hear what is being said, and when they go and something very important is being said, and when they go tell someone else, and, and you can see on this person's face, they're so happy. They're like, what did he say? Oh, I heard. Great. What did he say? Oh, I can hear. It's like, great, but what did he say? Oh, but I hear. Hearing is the means to the end. Hearing is not, in a sense, his goal. His purposes are. His purposes, his plans and purposes. That is what he wants to do. But like a relationship, it needs communication. And because there's the enemy's voice and the stranger's voice and the voice of sin and the voice of culture and all these things, they get polluted. But his voice can become crisp and sharp and clear in your life. And I'm not going to go back into why we need to put the scriptures in. It's been four weeks doing that. But hearing is not actually the end goal. His purposes are so that we can hear and partner to co-labor, to bring about his plans and his will and what he wants to do on the earth. There's all through Scripture, there's not a whole bunch of stuff that God does by himself. And I know I've just upset some people. He partners with people in partnership. He speaks to people. He works through people, even flawed vessels. So, hearing is not the end goal. So don't chase the various ways that, you know, we're going to look at today. Oh, I can hear this, so I am more like this. Listen, that's great to understand. But don't be boxed by them. You know, in the 80s, it was like people say, well, I have this gift, and you have two gifts. And what? You know, I have three gifts in spirit. You have two, and I have this one. And, and people became so boxed, which we're going to smash all those boxes next week. That's not even what that text is really about. We're going to smash it all next week. But don't become boxed, even by today, as we go through things. It's just to help us understand how God spoke to people in the Bible. But they will flow together. It's like... You know when a baby starts to walk, first it's the, like the movement, the bum in the air. It's like that's it. They just like stick their bum in the air. Then they start crawling. And then they kind of do a bit of both. Then they stand and like hold on to things. And then they like wobble and walk, right? Now today when we walk, we don't go through all those things. We just walk without thinking about it. And so sometimes we have to learn some of the ways that God is speaking to us, but they will all flow together in a person. And it will be different with everyone. They just flow like a river. And you'll go back from one 
in a sense, way that we go through today, from one to the other to the other to the other in seconds. You won't even think about it, just like you now walk. So don't, like, chase the one thing, or I, I want this. I, pursue the Lord, and He will speak to you, and He will communicate you. Put the foundation in, and He will speak to you. Is that okay? I really encourage you. And all of what He speaks is to redeem, to rescue, to love, to place destiny, to place us in destiny for His glory. Everything He says is good and for your good. So, secondly, little caveat, passing the test. There's a bunch of scriptures. I'll read some really quick. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Christianity is a supernatural thing. The Western world won't even like that verse. Test the spirits, unseen spirits. Good and bad. It's in the Bible. Let's read it again. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Similar to what Jesus is saying in John 10. There's different voices. Whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. It's really quite simple. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. That's not the Antichrist, the person, but the attitude and spirit of the Antichrist. The Bible says many have come, even back then. It's everything to come against is Christianity and to come against the Messiah, against Jesus Christ. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is now already in the world. Another verse, 1 Thessalonians 5. Do not quench the spirit. That means to stop the flow of. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold what is good and abstain from every form of evil. So sometimes with those things, with prophecies, when God is moving, sometimes something will happen and it's actually, you know, it's like John 10. It sounds like, but it's not. So the Bible says test. Don't throw it out. Test it and hold to what is the Lord. Are we okay? 1 Corinthians 12. You know that you Gentiles were carried away to these dumb idols. That's not dumb, isn't stupid, as in mute. Mute idols, you know, they would make with their hands. However you were led, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. This is in the text where Paul speaks about what we would call the gifts of the Spirit, and he's speaking to Greek mythologists, and they had oracles and so forth, like those types of pagan prophets and pagan oracles and stuff that would live in the temple, even pagan prostitutes, and they would come under the, in a sense, control of a spirit and begin to utter and prophesy and speak, but it was from the wrong place. And so he says, no one's speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So they say, so if someone's standing up and prophesying or something and they're saying these things, yeah, that's not the right spirit. So simple. Yeah, don't listen to that person. It's helpful for angels. I know some people have had angels show up. The Western world doesn't like to talk about this. It's real, friends. All through the Bible. You know, but if you don't understand, the Bible says, Paul says, even if an angel preaches another gospel, let him be accursed. So, ask it. If it shows up, for some of you that are wired that way, who do you serve? No one can say by the Holy Spirit that Jesus is Lord. No one can say it except by the Holy Spirit. Who do you serve? Oh, so practical. So simple. Then we have some tests with the stuff we're going to get into. When the Lord begins to speak to us, we've spent four weeks talking about scriptures, and that's so important. But when he speaks in our hearts, in our thoughts, in our, is it the Lord? Is it me? Is it this? I don't know what to do. Well, these, quickly, these tests you can go through. And I may go back into this. I know I'm going fast. Scripture test. God will not go against his word. He will not. But there are times when he will communicate and speak to you, and it goes against what you've been taught that his word says. Case in point, the life of Jesus Christ and all the Pharisees. Case in point, Acts chapter 10, Peter kill and eat. 
something that went against his theology, but he hadn't misunderstood. Well, Lord, surely not. We're not allowed. He said, no, you haven't understood. You missed it. Sometimes the Lord will speak to us, and it goes against something that we've been taught. doesn't necessarily mean it's not the right thing. That's why you have other people and counsel and authority. But the Lord will not violate this word. Clear and simple. So, I mean, even the enemy used Scripture, though, eh? with Jesus. And so he used Scripture back. That's why we need to put this word in us. Look at the fruit, another one. Jesus is actually talking about this in John 10. I come to give life. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He gave the same advice when it came to false prophets. He said, look at the fruit, look at the fruit. Jen and I have had to learn how to do this many times over the years in dealing with people. They tell us all sorts of things. This is the Lord. That, so we look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. Change lives, repentant hearts, submitted hearts, you know, things that reflect Christ. Yeah? Look at the fruit. Exaltation test. I won't go into this, but who does it glorify? Now, a person, an insecure person, I know I've been through this, it, it's partly natural for a lot of people. We can take something that the Lord is saying and do it in a way that makes us look good. Doesn't mean it's not the Lord, but what is being said? Who does it glorify? You, the world culture, or Jesus Christ? Bible says, Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit. He said, he will not speak on his own authority. He will take from what is mine and he will speak it to you. It will always glorify Jesus Christ. Any work of the Spirit. Acts 2.33. He poured, when Jesus ascended on high, he says, then he poured out the Holy Spirit, which you now see and hear. The Holy Spirit always comes to exalt the one who has ascended. Always. Maybe in ways that we're not familiar with, but that's the fruit. Jesus Christ. And then the mind of Christ. These are things we could go into. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. So you're praying about something or something pops up into your mind, or into your thoughts, or you've been asked advice on a certain situation and a thought pops into your mind. That's really quite brilliant. Well, that's probably not you. You know, have you had any sort of training in that field? Have you, had, have you ever had education that has anything to do with what you've just said? Was there any trigger that made you say that? Oftentimes, we don't realize it. It just We're like, oh, I just had this idea. It's like, you know, better than you. That's the Lord. You know how many times I'm sitting and counseling people, and they ask me stuff, and I say stuff, and in my head, I go, man, that's genius. <laughs> now, I can't say that to them. It seems like, but I know it doesn't come from me. And I say, can you hold on? And I write it down. I'm like, I don't want to forget this, because I've learned. I will. I think I won't, but I will. That's the Lord. Thank goodness. Otherwise, you can only help people based on what you've attained. Well, that's not the Bible. We are the household of God. So, are you guys tracking with me? I know we're going fast through this stuff. Why does God speak to us in these ways? People ask me that all the time. When I used to teach on this a lot. I just haven't done it in a while. Well, why does God speak to us in all these different and strange ways? Well, firstly, Psalm 103. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. And we are the people and the sheep of His pasture. In other words, He determines that, not you. Quite straightforward. It's not up to us. It's up to the Lord. It really is. And we, in a sense, learn to get on his page, even if it's outside of our culture and our comfort zone, versus asking him to get on our page. He is the Lord. It is he who made us, not we ourselves. They asked Jesus this, why do you speak in parables? He said, because hearing they don't hear, seeing they don't see. Somebody said it this way, because knowledge is power. Who's heard that saying, knowledge is power? Because knowledge is power, God doesn't want the prideful to be the powerful, so he hides his word for the hungry and the humble. That's in a sense what Jesus said. I will hide my word in parables for those who are hungry. They will search me out. Proverbs 25, it is in the glory of God. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. 
It is the glory of kings to search it out. A hunger for the Lord, a passion for his word. He doesn't hide it from us, he hides it for us. I heard a story about that once, and they said, you know, one of the delights of a grandparent's heart is when they hide the Easter egg, you know, and they watch the kids. It's joy and excitement. It's a lot like that. And for the two-year-old, you know, you hide it like over there, like on the step. And like, wow. If you do that for the five-year-old, he's like, well, I'm done. It's a lot like that with the Lord. You get saved, and the scriptures just come alive to you, and all these in a sense, basic things. They're just like, oh, it's amazing. It's on the step. But you can't be spiritually discerned until you have a renewed, a regenerated spirit. You can be the smartest person in the world and completely miss the meaning of Scripture because you have to have a regenerated spirit. These things are spiritually discerned. The Pharisees, I believe, I mean, even in their culture, were some of the smartest people around, and they missed it. So, we still good? We still friends? Great. Now, let's talk about how. I'm going to give personal stories today. I just want to give a little, another little caveat. I don't always like to use personal stories because it, it tends to make people think something about you. It's just easier. It's so much harder like for me to take all the time and find because I don't want people to think I'm trying to exalt myself. Please understand, for every little story you hear, it may sound good, there's a thousand times it was not like that. Where it was embarrassing, where I had to eat humble pie when you're growing and you're learning. You can't just put all these little stories together. But I find when they're personal stories, it actually helps people. I remember when I was younger listening to people, and I still do, and they tell a story. That helped me. So that's the spirit behind it. So, how does God communicate in scriptures? Firstly, remember, it is all revelation. It comes from the Lord. But there's a difference between illuminative revelation, that's the technical word, which means it's something that he's already revealed, but it's freshly revealed to us. This is illumined to us, but he already said it. It's already been, in a sense, put into the earth. But suddenly, wow! That's illumination. It's illumined. It comes alive. That's from Logos to Rhema. We've spoken about that. Then you get informational revelation. That's you're praying for someone and you, hey, this happened when you were three or four or whatever. That's information you could not otherwise have known unless the Lord told you. Both revelation. One is illuminative. One is informational. And informational, again, always submits to this. The Lord is telling me you need to shoot your husband. Incorrect. Just incorrect. All right, I know that's obvious. So, in the scriptures, how does the Lord communicate? How all the different ways there are? So many, I've tried to put them, some of them together. Let me say this. You are a living, breathing, physical antenna to hear God. Every part of you. Your body, your mind, your spirit, your senses, your even five senses, your spiritual senses, your personality, your education, everything is God made you to communicate with Him. Everything. So people say, I can't hear the Lord and we've gone over that. You can. We just sometimes have been taught out of it. So firstly, one of the ways God speaks is obviously Scripture. I've spent a lot of time with this. So, can I go past this one? We spent four weeks talking about this. But the Bible does say, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We read, It's like a lamp to my feet. Oh, I can take a step. Direction. That's why it's the walk of faith. The walk in the Spirit. The Scriptures are a light unto my Feet, a lamp unto my feet, that's a little lamp, and then a light. It casts, as they get into it, you see further. A light unto my...
path. So we've looked a lot at that. You can be praying for someone. Chapter and verse can come to your mind. I'm amazed sometimes you'll read the Bible the next day. The very thing you're reading comes up. You're like, I just read about that. Or who, who does this happen to? Okay, this is the Lord using Scripture. And you can read in Leviticus and have something like, That's, I just read about that. Because the Lord makes it mean something. Okay? So, we've talked a lot about that. That's why it's helpful to memorize Scripture. So, audible voice. Oh boy, here we go. Audible voice. The audible voice of God. There are many people who say, oh, I, I hear God's audible voice. Meaning, it's audible. Okay, it's pretty straightforward. I love them, but I'm not sure that they did. <laughs> I think they heard an inaudible voice, which we'll get to next. If it was truly God's audible voice, everyone around you hears it too. You see the difference? Everyone, this happened in the Bible, but it, even in Scripture, it seemed to happen at extremely important junctures when God was doing something on the earth, changing something, sorry, the presence of the Lord. It's not just blah, 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 the Lord doesn't have verbal diarrhea when it comes to his audible voice. He speaks, he spoke to Moses to reveal the law. He spoke to his son in the baptism. Other people heard it. In the transfiguration, other people heard it. It's not just every day. And I'm not talking about speaking through a vessel, an angel or a person. No. God, hey, this is my son. Listen to him. Oh, boy. Imagine you were there. Take encouragement, by the way. If you look at the life of Peter, every one of the Trinity have to interrupt him. Literally. You can go do a little study. It's actually quite funny. Every one of the Trinity had to like, like overspeak him. Like, shush, dude. I'm speaking. Be quiet. So, then you get the inner audible voice. You hear it with your ears. But no one else did. Just happened this morning. With that young man. Just like, I heard it with my ears. Well, no one else heard a horn. This happens far more frequently than people think. Far more frequently. I was, I'll give you some stories. Sometimes stories just help. I was asleep and, uh, a couple of years back, and I was dreaming about a person in the church, just a person, and I was just having a dream about them. And I woke up, like physically, not in the dream, I woke up because I heard a baby screaming, and we had a, just had a Matthew. And so I was like, looked at Jen, nothing. You know, and just in my flesh, I'm like, oh, I should be like, you know, and pretend to be asleep. You know, no one does that. So I got up and I went out there, but it was like a horrible scream. And I looked at it and it's quiet. So I go to the other one's bedroom, quiet. But it started to like get loud and it irritated me. And I was like, not irritated, it, I get concerned. I, now I'm wide awake. I'm looking out the window. I went outside, three in the morning. Screaming. And then all of a sudden, it stopped. And the Lord said to my heart, that's how that person I was dreaming about, that's how she feels. And this is why. Abandoned. But I heard it with my ear. But that's not the important part. The important part is what you do with it. So you communicate it in a way that the Lord did all of this because of his love and affection for you. And she was set free. My sister, my, little, my older sister, was saved this way. Seven years old. She came to my mother. Remember that song, Welcome to the Family? I'm glad that you have come. Who knows that song? Old school. No, no one. Wow, okay. <laughs> it's probably because of my rendition. And uh, it's a great song. It comes from the Salty CDs. The Salty, old Salty vinyls. Love that guy. Anyway. Um, she comes to my mother the next day we had life group and she says mom you sang that song last night at life group she said man it was you sang it so loud and so beautifully it was so I was singing in my room she said at the top of my lungs she was seven my mother said honey we didn't we didn't have worship last night to her it was audible she got saved that way 
The song was Welcome to the Family. I mean, it's obvious. You can hear the Lord through other people. Now, most likely in the household of God, but the Lord can speak to you through anyone. The Lord can speak through a child. You can learn from anyone. The Lord will use any vessel to speak to you. Any vessel. Whether it's a person up front, whether it's the person you're talking with afterwards, whether it's a person you're sitting around a coffee table, a kitchen table with, and they may say a whole bunch, but one of the things they say, it's like it strikes you. That, I sometimes do that to my wife. It's like she doesn't know she knows it now. But I'll just start talking to her. I'll say, talk to me about this. Talk to me about that. It's like, what do you mean? Just talk to me. And she just starts to share what she's thinking and what God's put in her heart. And she'll say a whole bunch of stuff. And then all of a sudden, I'll be like, boom, that's the word of the Lord. It pierces you. The Lord will speak through people. And sometimes we fly to other edges of the world to go to conferences because we know the behind-the-scenes lives of the people around us and we discount that God can use them because we know their life. Let me tell you, those places and those people and those pastors and those leaders, they have that stuff too. You just don't see it. So we put them on a pedestal. If they, oh, I'll hear from the Lord. No, no. Firstly, go to the Lord himself. But God will use people to speak to you. Even your spouse, dun, dun, dun. Often your spouse, we just don't want to hear it because it's colored by hurt. But often that's the Lord. Dreams and visions. Okay, here we go. Acts 2. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Talk about visions. There's four different types of visions in the Bible that I see. Firstly, you see visions of the mind. This is when the Lord speaks through pictures or images in your head. Who's ever... Can I... Hmm. I've heard so many times in settings where people don't believe that God speaks to people today, then stand up and say, while we were in worship, I just had this picture in my mind. And then they will go on and teach about the Lord doesn't speak today except through the Bible. They just had what the Bible calls a vision. It's an inward vision, an inner vision. It's a vision in your mind. It's a picture or something. It could be anything. And it's actually the Lord, it's like he throws it up on the screen of your mind. The enemy can do it too. But he throws it up on the screen of your mind. It's also, people say, oh, in, who's heard the, the term, yeah, I just see this in my mind's eye. Okay, same thing. Or the word imagination. Go look at 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. In other words, not fleshly. But mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, logismos, imaginations. And your imagination can be sanctified. You know that? Even your thoughts, your imagination, you can have a sanctified imagination or in a sense a very filthy one. Fantasy is the enemy's tool here. What you fantasize about. And I'm not talking about your dreams and aspirations. That God can put that in your heart. I'm just being real. What you think about men when you're trying to fall asleep at night. Women or danger or violence or fantasize. It's discoloring the, in a sense, imagination, because that's where the Lord will throw thoughts and pictures. So, you know, he throws things up on the screen. When I got saved, I realized that I used to fall asleep thinking by, but most nights I used to fall asleep thinking about one or two or three things. And most of them weren't good. didn't even realize, I didn't even think about it. I would just fall asleep thinking about something. And the Lord, in a sense, revealed to me, yeah, don't think about that stuff. So I started to fall asleep thinking about the Lord using me when someone would try to hurt me and I'd pray for them and God would touch their heart. Don't know why, that's what came up in my mind. 
And what I didn't know is I was actually training my imagination to do what God's called me to do. And sometimes they are, they are pictures. They are images in the mind. And it could be anything. So let me explain a little bit. Sometimes they require interpretation or understanding, especially if they're not for you. Especially if they're not for you. But the Lord will use the framework of your mind. He will use whatever's there. Give you an example. We had a gentleman in the church, and I haven't asked him if I can share this, but he's not here anymore. So he's moved to a different state. So it'll take him a while to hear about this and get mad. So we had a gentleman in the church. His name was Jim Filmy, an amazing guy. And he was, used to be one of those. He's like, I can't hear the Lord. I can't. But I'm standing in a group. We were teaching on this. And he's praying for a guy, and he sees a picture in his mind. He thinks, oh, it's just a distraction. Oh, that happens to everyone. Oh, I'm, just, I'm getting distracted. Put that out. No, the Lord's like, no, put it in. And it, he used to be an Air Force mechanic in, in the Army, in the Air Force, uh, on jets and planes. And he starts telling this guy. So he says, I said, tell him. Don't tell me, tell him. So he tells the guy, I have this picture in my mind. You know, I don't know if you know anything about uh, you know, mechanics. I was an Air Force mechanic, and there's this little bolt. And if this bolt is not right, it can make something seem that much bigger is wrong. But actually, it's a very small issue. The man looked at him and goes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I did that. See, the Lord knows your whole life and his. And he will use what you've put in your brain. And he will give you a picture or a thought or something to communicate to them that makes sense to them. And he says, oh, I think the Lord's telling you that you think you have this big issue, but it's actually a small little thing. And the guy broke down crying. We prayed for him. He was completely set free by what would have been dismissed as a distraction. Why? Because God's voice contains his life. Oh, so I, I, come on. You're praying for someone. Get serious. Lord's like, no, I'm talking to you, buddy. Does that make sense? He will use the framework. Whatever's there, he will use it. But let me also encourage you. He loves to use his own material. He does. It's his favorite material to use. It already has inherent power <clears throat> and inherent authority. But he'll use whatever's there. Whatever's there to speak to another person through you. Excuse me one second. <coughs> Sorry. For those of you who are listening on, online, that was Josh Deneen interrupting. So... Um, I'll give you another example. I was praying for a gentleman. Actually, I was being prayed for. I was at a conference, and we had a time of ministry, and I went up for some ministry not so long ago, a couple of years back. And this gentleman's praying for me. As he touches me, I see a picture. But I know, a little bit of experience, I know that God's speaking to me for him. And I see a picture of a, a, a building, like a house that's framed, you know, like a timber frame house, but all the studs and everything. And I see this house framed, and he's starting next to try to build another house. And the Lord then revealed it to me, and I said to him, you, sir, are you a Baptist pastor? You were a Baptist pastor. And he says, yeah. I said, and you've like, sorry, give me one second. Excuse me. And I said, so you've suddenly had a revelation of all the things of concerning the Spirit, and he had left, in a sense, that Baptist church that he used to lead, and and now he's, in a sense, he put himself in the school of ministry. And I said, you're trying to, like, start again. And he goes, yeah. So I said, why? He said, you've put this word in you better than most. It's amazing and wonderful. God's just going to set fire, but you've already built the whole building. Through a little picture of a house. And he broke down and wept and wept and wept. Little picture. He said, oh, I said, you've put this word in you. God's just sitting, but there's so much there to burn. I'm so excited to see what God's going to do with your life. You guys are right. I'm ho I hope this is helpful. I really do. When I was, um, I'll give you another quick story. We have to move on to some other ways, but I was counseling a, a, a man and I'd never met him, and he's coming up the walk to the office back there when we were back there. And like, you know, it's one of those things that he was sent to me. Everyone else tried to help, and so he's coming up, and I just closed my mind, and I closed my eyes, and I said, Lord, 
what's going on. And I see a picture, just a picture in my mind, of a woman in military uniform in another nation. And I knew what he had done with her. And he hadn't told his wife. And as he sat down, I said, hey, I think I know what the issue is. Hi, how are you? We chatted for a bit. I said, you did this in that nation. His eyes, he's like, how the, he said, how the, mm, did you know that? It's just a picture. But it was to set him free, to help him, to bring reconciliation. And other people would be like, oh, I, I'm being judgy. No, you're not. The Lord is helping. Give an example of this person, another one. I just feel like I need to give this one. There's a, we were praying for a lady. She's actually here today. And uh, we were praying for this lady many years ago. And um, just after a prayer meeting, it was one of those, okay, find someone, pray for them. Not some big, just fine, you know, one of those. And we're doing that. And as we start praying for this lady, I see a, a memory, a picture in my head of when I was five or six cutting out uh, a project I did on Greece. And cutting out the word Mykonos island of Mykonos and I, I looked at her and I asked a question why because the Lord he will sometimes not reveal the whole thing just be humble and ask we see in part the Bible says even prophets we see in part we know in part even if you're a prophet you see in part you don't see always the whole thing Jesus asked questions and the boy fell down he said oh how long has he been like this the son of God ask questions when in ministry so I just, I didn't, so I said, hey, have you ever been to Mykonos? As I said that, she let out a scream and hit the deck, boom. Like, I guess so. <laughs> what had happened is she was taken there when she was three to escape persecution and terrible things had happened there. And I said, the Lord says that it's, that stuff is over as of tonight. Just a little picture. Next one, second type of vision, open vision. I won't go into this a lot. This happens all through the Bible. In Acts chapter 12, you can go read it. Even Peter, he, an angel came and set him free from uh, the jail. I'm not saying that that was an open vision. He actually said, I'm not even sure if what I'm seeing is happening, if it's real or if it's a vision. I don't know because it happened so frequently. But it was actually happening, really happening. An open vision is not a vision or a picture or something you see in your mind. It is a vision you see into the spiritual realm or into like this person's history with your eyes open. There are some people in this church that have that happen to them frequently. It doesn't happen to me that much. But it is in the Bible, an open vision. I think I had some of those things when I was a child, but it's fuzzy. doesn't matter. It's about God wants to get communication across. doesn't make it one more than the other. But an open vision, they're all over the Bible. And it is still how God still speaks to people like this today. I've known many people, they've prayed for people that literally had a screen open in front of them, and they tell them stuff that's happened in their life. No one else can see it, but they can see it. Now you know why we spent four weeks laying a foundation of this. I know some of you, for some of you, and this, this may be a bit stretching or a bit new. This is in the Word of God, every one of these. And He still speaks to people these ways. Dreams. Dreams is technically a vision, which I'll get into, but let's read some scriptures. Genesis 40. And so he asked, this is when Joseph was in prison, he asked for his officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, why do you look so sad today? And they said to him, we have had a, each had a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to the Lord. Tell them to me, please. He's in prison. Instead of getting mad that God's left him in prison, he actually starts to interpret people's dreams. And as we know, that was the result of why he was set free and became the second highest in power to Pharaoh. Look at Job 33. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night. A dream is technically a type of vision. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering upon their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals, partly because he's like, he's finally quiet. <laughs> he stopped complaining. Finally, I can get through. 
and seals their instructions. Why? In order to turn man from his deed or conduct, to conceal pride from man and keep his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. For your good. And then Acts 2, we read it. Verse 17, it shall come to pass that your sons and daughters shall prophesy, young men see dreams and old men see visions. In other words, back then it was just for a few. Now it's for everyone. Dreams. Dreams, I can't get into this. It is an entire language. It is a vast language. It's like a whole language of God. And, and the enemy can give you dreams. Your own spirit can give you dreams. So I, we can't go into this today because it's just too much. It's too vast. But if you're constantly worried, ang- anxious, and just constant, if that's your, that will affect what you dream about. That's coming from your spirit. But the Lord will give you dreams. If I had to take away what was either revealed in a dream or responded to by a dream, I would take away almost half the Bible. Almost half would be gone. Two dreams. In the coming of the Lord, in incarnation, when Jesus came to the earth, it came through so many dreams. Joseph, the earthly father of Christ, had a series of four dreams. The wise men had a dream. <laughs> dreams. And there are many types of dreams. So, very quickly, you have virtual reality dreams or reality dreams. Virtual reality dreams, that's just a name for it that you can use another name. Basically, that's dreams. But you remember them. You wake up. You know how many times you wake up, you thought it was real, then you wake up, you're like, it's not real? That's what I'm talking about. It's something that you dreamt about, but it stays in your mind when you wake up. It remains with you, but it wasn't real. But the Lord is speaking to you. He's communicating to you. Then you get reality dreams. Reality dreams are something that happens to you in a sense while you're dreaming, but it's actually happening in the spirit realm. It's, physic- it's something happening. It's not a dream that the Lord's just speaking to you. Something is taking place. Happened all through the Bible. And it says the Lord came to Abimelech in a dream. It doesn't say he dreamed of the Lord. He said the Lord came to him. Angel Gabriel came. It wasn't just a dream. He was actually there, but the person was asleep. This happened to me. I was when I, uh, a little while after I took over the church, I had a dream, and we had to make a very, very, very risky decision, and it made absolutely no sense in the natural. But I just felt like we needed to do this, so I started to fast and pray. And I'm asleep. I'm dreaming, and all of a sudden I see four men, me and these three, me and four other men, and the Lord comes to me and He says, "You, Clayton." And he starts to speak to me about it. He literally said in the dream, you can take the risk, I'll honor it. And he said, if you want me to pay for it, ask me, I'll pay for everything. Then he touched me in my stomach. In a dream, the power of God hit me so hard that it shot me out of my sleep onto the edge of a king-size bed. You can ask my wife. It's like, what? And I knew, like, I know what to do. Now, here's the thing. That wasn't, doesn't make me special. It wasn't even about me. It was about you. It was his love for you. That's why I didn't sleep that night. We have people in this church. Todd, could you stand up? Todd, is Bill the Rock here? Bill, could you stand? And Chris Jungles, he's not here. If you need help with dreams, go to one of these two or Chris Jungles. That's who I go to. I'm like, ah, what does this mean? They are well-versed in it. I encourage you to go to them. I really do. Ask people. There are so many resources out there, but some of them are weird. They will give you the right ones, okay? <laughs> so please don't send them pages and pages of, I had this dream, please translate it. it, it, it I get so much of that, it's very difficult so to, to go through that. with a, It takes a long time. Um, can I do one more? You guys good for one more? Yes. Trances. Actually, a type of vision. Read it. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm preaching, you can feel some of the people like, Mm-mm. this is in the Bible. 
Acts chapter 10, the next day, New Testament, by the way, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on a housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became hungry and wanted to eat, but while they made ready, he fell, important, into a trance. Now, I know people say like they fell asleep. So did he physically fall? We don't know. But I do know that when the Lord spoke to him, he said, Peter, arise. He fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending uh, to him and let, and let down to the earth. And we know the, the Bible, Peter, God was speaking to Peter about stuff about the new covenant. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, not so, and so forth. That's a trance. The word is ecstasis. It's actually where we get the word ecstasy. Oh, so sometimes drugs, you think that's not going to affect your spirit? Hmm. Ecstasis means this, a throwing or casting of the mind or body from its regular position, from its normal state. A state, I love this, of one's being overcome by blended fear and wonderment due to the importance of nobility of either event or person. A trance. This takes over. It's one of the most powerful ways that God speaks to people. doesn't happen a lot. I think it's going to increase as we get towards the end. I do. I think it's actually increasing now. But I've seen it. I've seen it upon people. Sometimes when a person, what people call go over or slain in the spirit, sometimes it's that, not often, but sometimes, and I've seen it before, they freeze. And this may be strange to you. There was a lady in the late 1800s, Maria Woodworth Etter. This, they used to call her like the trans evangelist. She didn't try, she wasn't trying to, she would be preaching and she would freeze. Literally freeze. Didn't get hungry, didn't get thirsty for hours. Sometimes for over a day. The press would come, the reporters would come, other preachers would come saying it's demonic, literally stick pins in her. And she would be frozen. But she was having visions of heaven and so forth. She'd come out and tell people, and thousands and thousands upon thousands instantly healed, saved, delivered. It happens, it's actually happened all through church history. I saw it one night in a youth meeting. We prayed for a girl, she hit the deck. She froze like a statue. She came out and basically saw things in hell. Changed her life completely. Trance. But it's a type of vision. Why do I say that? Well, Peter says later, it says later when Peter's talking about it in Acts 10, he says, as I was thinking about the vision. So sometimes people stand up and people who are aware of the language, you hear of people, they stand up, they're like, I had a vision. And it makes them seem so, oh, okay, you had a vision. Do you know, sometimes it's like just, I had a picture in my head, I had a thought. Don't try to make it sound spiritual. Said, I had this thought. I had this picture. Don't, but technically, yeah, they had a vision. Biblical language, they had a vision. And we need to take back what the Bible words are. Not be afraid of it and worried about it because, oh, it sounds like a cult. No, they stole it from God's people. These are Bible words, Bible things from heaven. And this takes over a person. It happened, I think, a couple of weeks ago. I'm just not sure. We had a lady who came. She's a very high political figure. She came to visit. She's heavily involved in human trafficking and setting people free. And she was exposing some high officials and people in government that were involved in human trafficking of young women. So she came to pray because she was afraid. They had death threats, all this kind of stuff. She was here. You don't realize, some of you, what happens up front afterwards. It's, it blows my mind sometimes, the stuff that God does. And it's just quiet, quick. People just don't... Spectacular doesn't mean Supernatural. It's often, you just miss it. But it's so, God is doing stuff, but you don't have to hype it up. Don't do that. Just relax. She came, we prayed for her. She went over like a stone. It, I think it's what happened in Revelations. When it says, John says he fell as if he was dead. When he saw the Lord. She went over like a stone. She froze, she didn't move. 
Within two hours after she got up, it was right over here, two hours after she got up, she had people phone her and give her more money than she's ever been given on a monthly basis. A lot of money. <laughs> I'll just say a lot of money. It covers everything and way more for, like, from now on. And a whole bunch of other things. Within two hours, all the things just fell. Boom, 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 boom. And it's stuff she saw in her head when she was down there. So, in a sense, we've just covered visions. <laughs> I wasn't even wanting to take. It's okay. Let him, let, let them take hold of him. Friends, don't worry about that. Look here, just for a second. God speaks in dreams and in visions. He speaks to you. He is interested in communicating to you. Really, don't worry about that, guys. He's fine. They'll look after it. He speaks to people in dreams and in visions. Now, it doesn't mean that all dreams are from the Lord. That's what I'm saying. It's too much for me to cover. All I'm trying to do is say, God still speaks like these things, these ways today. The next one we're going to do next week is the still small voice, which is probably the most common and frequent way that God speaks to you and everything we've been doing over the last four weeks about scripture and tests and how do I know has to do with that, the thoughts, the, just the thoughts, or impressions sometimes. Don and I were driving in Mexico, I'll share one more story, and I'm sure it was uncomfortable for him. He took me on a vacation to Mexico, it was wonderful, to, what's that place, Cozumel. And we're driving on the beach, and we're driving along, and we said, oh, let's go down there and look at the harbor, this section. We're driving, it's late at night, it's dark, it's like this dark road, and all of a sudden, I knew as if it was something that had been told to me, a fact, it, I knew it. And I said, stop, stop, stop. And Don's like, what the heck? Stop, 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 stop. And I said, if we go down there, we, the harm will come unto us. I mean, I don't even think to speak like that. That's like weird. We can't go there. And I knew if we went further, there's something bad. And we turned around. And he's like, oh, okay. Now, I'm pretty sure it made me look weird and strange, but I, I know from experience, I know it was the Lord. And I don't know what for or why, it was the Lord. It's the still small voice. It comes sometimes with like thoughts, sometimes it's impressions, but we'll get into that next week. These are not weird things. These are things that everybody has all the time. And for some reason, people are afraid to talk about it, because it makes people feel weird or makes it feel like you're going away from the Bible. Friends, we spent four weeks explaining why this is central. But God speaks to you. He's communicating with you. He loves you. He wants to reveal things to you. He wants to guide you. He wants to help you. He wants to show you things about his heart and about who you are and about your future and about your children. He will speak to you about those that you're in authority over. He will give, and when he speaks to you, it brings life and, and it will set you free. It will give you a different perspective. It's a relationship. It's not a religious system. It's a relational kingdom. Okay. I think that's enough. Thank you for your grace. I know we went over. Next week we'll get into actually the common way, inner voice and gifts of the spirit. Can we stand? Okay. My mother just wants to do one thing. You're going to need that just real short. Dwayne, can you come pray for us too close? Just to reiterate, you know how Clayton says the word of God is so important, the actual Bible. My mom had a near-death experience. She's with the Lord now, but this was obviously way before that. And I'm not going to describe the whole thing, but it wasn't like she saw herself in places. She didn't go to heaven. But the Lord spoke to her about rest, and he said a lot of things to her. So as time went on, Ken and my mom would sit down, and Ken would say, what did the Lord say? And every single word the Lord spoke to her was scripture. She did not know that. She didn't know where, the, where it was. She didn't even know that was in the Bible. But every word the Lord spoke was scripture. Just the importance of it. All right. Thank you. Um, I was just talking to Clayton. I think it would be great to close, but I'm just going to have him pray for you. I mean, he's 
It's taken a number of weeks just to talk about hearing the voice of God. And it's available for, as he's been preaching, for all of us. And I would just love if you could just quickly pray for all of you. If you could, just close your eyes. Could you actually all sit down for one second? I'm not going to speak long. I do this because in the Bible, in the Acts chapter 2, we have this thing of like, you know, we need to stand. Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit fell, it says he fell on them where they were all sitting. And I just want to do it as a, in a sense as an action of you can't earn this. You were born with this ability. God loves you. You're his child. You don't make a child perform for you to speak to them. Sometimes that's correction, but you're still going to speak to them. Make sense? Let me close our eyes real quick just to help us focus. You don't have to if you don't want to. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you communicate with your children. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you open our ears, not to be weird, to remain biblical, but your scriptures show us all sorts of ways that you speak to people to get through to them, to reveal heaven to them, to give them a hope, to let them know that you have it, to let them know that you're with them, to let them know what to do. You care about the little things and the big things. Holy Spirit, I pray, open our ears, the ears of our heart, so that we can hear quickly, easily, crisply, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you.